Strong women, smart policy, solid theology, and no apology. This is Concerned Women Today with Penny Young Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy organization for women in the nation. Here's your host, Penny Nance. Hello, everyone. I'm Penny Nance. I'm CEO and President of Concerned Women for America, and I'm here in the great state of Virginia launching our She Prays, She Votes initiative. Now, you all know, unless you've been living under a rock in the state of Virginia, that we've got a big election coming up, a big day on November the 2nd. I believe that this is the moment for Christian women to step forward and for our voices to be heard. There's so much happening in our country. We're seeing prices, inflation skyrocketing. We've seen the horrible embarrassment of our country with a horrible withdrawal from Afghanistan. We're watching chaos at the southern border. We're seeing billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of your tax dollars being spent on abortion. That's just on the national front. In the Virginia area, in this Commonwealth of Virginia, we see equally shocking behavior and and we want to talk about that there's many issues we can be talking about but we really want to talk about several of those tonight so joining me are our leaders some of our leaders from the state of virginia so ladies i'm going to let you all introduce yourselves to our audience and uh, we'll let you start first, Dan. Good evening. My name is Ann Robison, and I'm the Prayer Action Chapter Leader for Yorktown, Virginia. Good evening. My name is Teresa Pregnall, State Director, Concerned Women for America of Virginia. Hi there. My name is Kaylee Spillman. I'm a Young Women's for America Ambassador for about a year now, and I'm from Springfield, Virginia. Hi, my name is Annabelle Rutledge, and I am the National Director of CWA's Young Women for America. So we are here in a, a lovely church that was just so kind to us have our round table here in Virginia Beach. This is just a time for us to come together and talk about the issues here on the ground in Virginia, what's happening you know, in our country sort of in a larger picture, and then a time to come together in prayer. And so we invite you as we go to the Lord in prayer um, in, a little, in a few minutes for you to join in with us. This is a time where we can knit our hearts together, and you know, the Bible tells us we're two or three together together there I am also and we know we certainly have more than two or three here but with this collective audience we have you know thousands of people thousands of people that can join together and call on the Lord and um, and really beseech God on behalf of our nation so one of the issues and there's been many we've lived through the Kathy Tran bill and the liberal liberalization of abortion laws in the state of Virginia uh, repeal of prohibitions on parental notification laws and sonograms for women that were going to choose an abortion, just basically right to know information, and on and on and on. But the thing that has grabbed the headlights here, the headlights, headlines here lately, and is in the headlights, I guess, <laughs> is what is happening happening in the school system in Virginia. I have children that went to school in the state of Virginia, and both of them, one still in college in the state of Virginia, um, raised my children here in this state. And I've definitely seen this shift to the left in the past few years. And honestly, I don't know about you all, but I feel like that the virus, everyone being home, children learning at home uh, with their laptops open, with parents in the room walking through has really been eye-opening for Virginia parents in our Commonwealth. We were talking about what Scripture says earlier today, Teresa. I'd love it if you would just like, share the Scripture from Deuteronomy that we were discussing. One of these scriptures comes from Deuteronomy 6, starting with verse 4. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Mm -hmm. This is for parents. Mm -hmm. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Mm -hmm. So we have Amen. good instruction from the scripture. Yes, and it is our responsibility, yes. right? It's not As the parents. state's responsibility. Proverbs 22 says, train up a child in the way she should go, and when he or she is old, she will not depart from it. That is, again, God giving the mantle of responsibility to, for the education, the care, the upbringing, the Christian worldview, all of it, from the parents to the children. God gives it to the parents, and it is their responsibility. He didn't give it to the state. That's right. It is not their responsibility. And we recently had a candidate who said, in front of God and everybody, that parents needed to just stop bothering teachers, that it really wasn't their their responsibility, that, parent, that the teachers were the ones in charge of the, the education of children. I mean, I heard a lot about that. I don't know about you all. Did you hear any sort of backlash from that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But then again, we've just read in the state code. Mm -hmm. So now we know in our state code mm -hmm. we have direction for parents, and it specifically says mm -hmm. that parents have the right to educate their children. And that goes back, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but in 1925, the U.S. Supreme Court said in Pierce versus Society of Sisters that it's the parents' right and responsibility for the, ed the upbringing of their children. So it's long been established, the Bible said it, the Supreme Court, God bless them, agreed, mm -hmm. and the, it's in the Virginia Code. Um, I'd love to hear from, you know, our, our younger group over here who's not too far out of school now. Annabelle, maybe you can just tell them a little bit about Young Women for America to start out. Yeah, so our Young Women for America program is nationwide, and it includes women anywhere from 15 years old all the way up to young professionals, up into law school students, about 15 to 26, 15 to 16. Um, and I have here with me Kaylee, who is one of our YWA leaders. We have both chapter presidents who are on their high school campuses and their college campuses. And then we have ambassadors who can really make what they will of it. And we have people who aren't even in school, but they care and they're making noise in their communities. And both of you guys quoted from the Old Testament, mm -hmm. but I think when we look to the New Testament, um, and is it first or second Timothy, and now I'm blanking, when he says, you know, do not allow anyone mm -hmm. to look down on you mm -hmm. because of your age, but mm -hmm. be an example right. in right. purity and speech. Right. Um, and I think that's an instruction, mm -hmm. too, to people yes. who are in school. Mm -hmm. And what's going on in our school systems is happening across the mm -hmm. country. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it's really picked up speed here in Virginia, and yes. I think you've seen parents starting to the lose election, their voice. The Virginia election. The Virginia election, yes. yep. Mm -hmm. And people are, they're being bold. Mm -hmm. they're, you know, even with an election, people could choose to sit down. That's mm -hmm. right. But they're not. We have young people, mm -hmm. we have students showing up. Some of our uh, mm -hmm. leaders were yes. at a Loudoun County um, you know, school board meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just encouraging to see that. But... Kaylee is from Springfield, or currently lives in Springfield. She's been all over. Her dad is in the military. But Which is not uncommon for this Commonwealth of Virginia, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that's true. Really. But if you mm -hmm. want to share from your perspective, 
Definitely. Being a young woman for America ambassador has just been a huge privilege mm -hmm. just to surround myself, one, with such strong faith-based women and supportive women. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that people in the movement mm -hmm. right now gather around mm -hmm. a community. And mm -hmm. it's important that parents start to speak up mm -hmm. since many, it's unfortunate that Virginia governors mm -hmm. would like to silence parents. Well, parents and students have actually stood up at these school board mm -hmm. meetings, which has been really a beautiful thing mm -hmm. to hear the students actually speak and give their mm -hmm. assessment of the problem and what's really going on from their perspective. So that's been that's been very encouraging to me. And I have this sense that like everything in the past, I don't know, maybe five years, it feels like there was this massive lurch to the left. Not that, you know, the public school system was this panacea of perfection. And, and, and let me, I never want to talk about that in, without recognizing there are great Christian teachers, that that is their mission, that is their mission filled. They've given their life to these kids. And I have good friends that are teachers who are aghast at what they're being asked to do, including, you know, the, the pronoun politics, including if a child decides to transition, they're not to tell their parents. If they decide to move into cross-sex hormones, you know, they're, the parents are being kept out. I mean, it's gotten worse and worse. Critical race theory that is divisive and, and frankly, very racist. It's the opposite of what it says. It's, it's actually very racist. So I don't know if in your area, you're, again, you're in uh, Yorktown. I don't know if you're hearing from parents locally or sort of what is your sense of things? Well, they're just saying that they are concerned about um, what they're learning in these schools. You know, what they're not having any control over what they're trying to teach them. And it says that you're to teach mm -hmm. them when they're, you know, at seven mm -hmm. years old. That's when they're really peaking um, to take things in. And mm -hmm. it's coming down to whether the parents are going to raise their mm -hmm. children or the schools because mm -hmm. they're taking over. Um, and they're even turning the mm -hmm. children some against their parents mm -hmm. of what their parents are trying to teach or saying don't tell them right right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. and there are things mm -hmm. i've heard just recently that students can go and get an abortion and not even have to tell their parents mm -hmm. that they're finding mm -hmm. ways to do that through mm -hmm. the schools so that you don't even have to share with oh they love to have planned parenthood in the school system oh, sure. certainly no sure. doubt another problem I, I have seen myself in bedford county has been that this is pitting so you have your principal, you have mm -hmm. your superintendent, mm -hmm. then you have your principal, mm -hmm. your teacher, and then the student. Mm -hmm. And the principals are trying to enforce through the teacher what the superintendent mm -hmm. is saying. And so the teacher has been put in this position it's a horrible situation. of like the bully, mm -hmm. you know, who mm -hmm. is trying to enforce mm -hmm. all of the laws mm -hmm. that the principal yeah. has put down that came down from the superintendent. So, yeah, it's a no-win situation it really for many. Of, um, really you know, you just had that recent situation in, in Loudoun County where you had the PE teacher who was fired because he said, I cannot in good conscience play the pronoun game. Like, I'm happy to say to this student, call him or her by her name, but I'm not going to pretend that biology isn't real. <laughs> it's right. like, I, I, right. I believe in science, you know? And so, he, you know, he very, I thought was very careful and that he loved these kids and he it wasn't like he wanted to defend this kid, these kids, but he also wanted wanted to be true to what he knew to be the facts. Mm -hmm. So you've got that happening, right? And so you get this sort of leftist bent, and it starts this downward spiral to the point where you have kids that now it's not about not identifying as a certain gender; it's about identifying as a species. 
So you have kids who identify as dogs. So what are you supposed to do? Is it, that is how they identify. You must respect that. Now this, I'm not saying this is in every school, but it is happening in Northern Virginia. It's happening right now. And so you have to pretend. You know, instead of addressing a mental health issue, you have to pretend. I mean, maybe the kid's acting out because they want attention, but maybe it's real. Maybe they are having and this is called transspecies, right? So this is what we're supposed to do next. It's, it's you know, it's, I think it's just this sense in the Commonwealth that the wheels have come off, that there is a deep brokenness. Parents uh, recognize that, you know, the people that they've entrusted their children to have turned on them. I was just looking at today the new um, 2020 standards for SECAS, which is the sex education sort of association. Mm -hmm. And it was comparing 2011 to 2020. And it it was, I mean, as much as, you know, earlier, you know, in, in times past, you know, there's been issues and people have been like, I can't believe you want to teach this to our kindergarten, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it yeah. got worse. Like, you know, it's to the point where there was not one mention of the word boy. No, sorry. There was one mention and it was the word boy princess. You know, it was girls were never, and it's, I'm sorry, it is girls that get the, the wrong end of this, is the hardest end of this. You had the situation recently where the father, and this has been all over the news in the state of Virginia, got arrested at a school board meeting. He just wanted to share that his daughter had been assaulted in a restroom by a young man wearing a skirt. So he was able, he was a predator who was, I'm not, I'm not even suggesting the kid was trans. I think the kid was a predator. He wore the skirt to get into, get access to her. They sent him to a different school and he did it again. We, Nobody told. We have brought that before the Bedford County School Board, the issues. The little girls have actually spoken to the school board and have said, we are afraid. Mm-hmm. We are afraid. Well, they've assured us, the school board will then assure us, well, we have a separate bathroom that they can use. But the problem is, is that that bathroom is not mandatory. Mm-hmm. See, they can still mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. The, the main public bathroom for the little girls. So if you have the transgender girl uh, coming in to the main bathroom with several stalls, mm-hmm. you know, these are the little girls that are afraid. What happened if you see something, say something, or if you have that, what we, so... 20 years ago, the women's movement was very keen, and correctly so, in teaching women not to be polite, mm-hmm. right? If you, if your sixth sense of that, and I was told, I told my daughter, if you feel something in the pit of your stomach that's not right, yeah. that is, that's God. He gave you that. He gave you that instinct. You listen to that. Right. If you feel yeah. something's off, and I, I have my own story of knowing that feeling, mm-hmm listen to it. And so now we've gone from if you feel you're at not you're not safe, you must say something to if you say something you're a bigot. That's where we are. Women lose. Women lose. Not only that, but I think the hypocrisy, I mean Penny, for anyone who any of us women who stood outside the Supreme Court in twenty eighteen during mm-hmm. Kavanaugh's confirmation. Mm-hmm. This is so personally offensive that you have dads trying to protect their daughters being arrested for that and little girls having to stand in front of school board meetings basically being told that their experience isn't real and they're afraid 
while we were, you believe all women, right? Yeah. Believe all women, believe yes. every story. Yeah. We were told every story this close to our yeah. face yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. And the whole movement's idea was that listen to victims. Yeah. Now we have children, yes. victims, mm -hmm. that are being told that's not even real. It's not a big deal. And yeah. by the way, we'll arrest your dad. Yeah, <laughs> by the way, yeah. it's almost impossible to even know where to go with that. But but, you know, again, you know, elections have consequences yes. mm -hmm. and it, you and, and let me just say, if you're at home right now and this next election cycle is too late, but you, I, your individual scoreboard race is coming up, figure out when they are. And if you feel the Holy Spirit telling you to mm -hmm. run run. It is a very, it's the front line of the culture movement. It's the front line of protection for your kids. Christians desperately need to enter in to that territory and to take it over and to, to protect their children, to protect the future of their kids. Not every parent, I was so blessed that I, you know, I am and was a working mom, and I was able to place my kids in Christian school. And at the beginning, we tried to do public school for many reasons, it did not work out. And I was able to put my kids in a great Christian school in Fairfax, but guess what? Not everybody can do that. It was very expensive. I, you know, I needed to work to pay for that. But, you know, and, and not every mom can homeschool as much as, you know, many would like to. Um, I think more are going to now yes. that they've seen what's being taught to their kids and now that they've experienced it through the laptop, you know, during COVID, you know, many want to be able to, you know, entrust their kids into their local school system and perhaps that is their mission field. But they need to be kept safe. What were you going to say? I was going to say on these Christian schools too, just be careful. Right. Because even now they're, they're creeping into no, the That's house. true. Yes. That's um, true. There so is no panacea. Eyes open mm -hmm. That's true. Because the days are even. Yeah. They're that's just trying to creep in wherever they can. But yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I think homeschool is going to be on the rise. Well, it already is. Yes. Well, remember when everybody hated homeschool? Annabelle <laughs> was homeschooled. Annabelle was homeschooled, and we used to joke about that. And now they want everybody to homeschool. Yeah. Whether okay. you want to or not, you got to homeschool, yeah. I guess, yeah. is the situation. Yeah. And, so. and we need to be aware that the policies are going to start attacking homeschooling more and they more are. as they more are. and more people leave yes. the school mm -hmm. system. Because yes. we've money. already seen that in the state of California. Yeah. So There's the shift. This, yep, that'll be the new shift. Well, so. we support it concerned Women for America, the um, idea of, of the dollars following the kid. Yes. So whatever the parents choose, whether it's Christian school, whether it's Jewish day school, whether it's homeschool, whether it's you know something else, a charter school, the money should follow the kid. There should be as, as many options to parents as possible because guess what? They're the ones who really love and know their kids. It's not well, the state. I, I think as a parent, though, it's important whether you are a homeschool parent, whether you are sending your children to public school or Christian school, parents need to come together. Mm -hmm. This right. is a situation mm -hmm. that we have seen in my county, and it's really been beautiful yes. because a lot of the homeschool parents mm -hmm. are actually the ones that are taking the lead mm -hmm. on helping mm -hmm. the parents that are sending their children to public school. Well, it is school. our tax money, yes. too, yes. by the way. Yes. Even though I was yeah. paying yes. for a Christian yes. school, I was still paying tax yes. dollars. For, so everybody that pays taxes actually does have an incentive we to be have. involved in, goal, yes. in good school mm -hmm. system, and I love that idea. Idea yeah. of us coming out together and again and as you said that. our ladies have come out in support of these schools they're very careful about who gets in not everybody gets in but they can still be on the outside praying and yes. supporting others yes. yes and it's important to go to the school board meetings I mean it really is mm -hmm. you need to see for yourself 
what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, the last meeting that we went to, they happened to be going through all of their curriculum choices. Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting what came out of those discussions mm -hmm. because the equity, inclusion, mm -hmm. um, it is discussed. CRT mm -hmm. is discussed. Mm -hmm. So it's important to go to hear for mm -hmm. yourself mm -hmm. what is going on. Um, those are monthly meetings. Sometimes they have special called meetings, but it, it's something that we all need to participate in. Mm -hmm. Great. And to know when who to vote for, mm -hmm. like, yes. because yes. it's kind of been hard. Some are asking how mm -hmm. do you know when the, you know how you can get opportunities mm -hmm. to go meet these mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. that are running because yes. you get people placed in there that's going to be more mm -hmm. along. Well, I know that in every area there's that one great mom who's standing in front of the. I, I used to do that. I might even do it next time around. I don't know. I'm usually handing out the ballot as yeah. a volunteer. There's volunteers. And, you know, that's another way to serve to the candidate of your choice. Go and sign up and hand out the ballot so when people go in, they can see, like, oh, wait, okay, this is, this is the conservatives that are running. I want to make sure I vote for conservatives. Who's pro-life? Who doesn't support CRT and leftist agenda in the school system? Who are my people? And so, yeah, it's really important. You shouldn't go in there blind. I've seen precincts actually change and flip, mm -hmm. and the, the captains are whatever, mm -hmm. at, the, at the precincts mm -hmm. are come out scratching their head and they're like, we've always gone this way and it's now mm -hmm. turned. Yeah. And so being out and being present mm -hmm. at the polls really mm -hmm. does make yeah. a difference. Yes, it does. To stand for that. Yes, it does. There's all kinds of things that you can do. And, and what I love about Concerned Women for America is we're activists, right? right. Even, no matter what age you are, no matter what stage in life you are, there's something that you can do. And so, you know, make sure that you go to our website, ConcernedWomen.org. You can sign up to join a chapter, to be an influencer. Of course, there's for our youth, there's Young Women for America and there's Young Women for America ambassadors. We're going to enter into a time of prayer. I have a couple of sort of action items at the end of it, so don't go away when we're done praying. I have two really important things to talk to you about and important moments that are kind of coming up that you don't want to miss. It's really essential. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and, and just so thankful that we can come together. And I'm so thankful for the women that are here with me now, the men and women who are watching um, virtually, and all the CWA grassroots activists all over this country, God. I pray especially for the state of Virginia. Lord, I pray for the candidates. I pray for um, Glenn Youngkin and Terry McGough, God, that you will, that your will will be done. And I pray, God, that you will raise up your people to come yes. out and to vote yes. and to recognize that they are, must render unto Caesar mm -hmm. the things that are Caesar's. And one of those things are our taxes and our votes, Lord. And I pray that we will actually step forward and lead. God, I pray as we're t we talk today about a couple of issues, but Lord, first I want to pray for everyone that is in leadership and education in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I pray for all the school board members. I pray for the superintendents. I pray for the principals. I pray for the teachers, Lord, that many of whom are struggling so hard in trying to figure out what their place is, how their faith fits into this moment. God, I pray that you'll give them boldness. I pray for the parents who are just heartbroken as they recognize a situation that they thought was good for their kids is toxic.
God, I pray that you'll give them the courage to step into it and to right the wrong, to right the ship and to take leadership of the situation. I pray for those that are trying to figure out their budget so they can do an alternative school. God, I pray that you'll help bring in the resources for them to either homeschool or to, to you know, work less so they can be home with their kids more or they, they can pay for private school. God, I pray that you'll put on the hearts of the people of our state and every state to recognize that parents are given the responsibility by God himself to raise up their children and that you will help us as taxpayers to be wise with our dollars and for us to give parents more ability that school choice legislation will be written on the heart of legislators in our commonwealth. God, I just pray for the students. Lord, they're hearing such distracting and confusing indoctrination. Some of them are starting to wonder, question things they never even would have questioned before. Lord, I recognize that there is uh, YouTube videos and um, influences online that are being like fed to them constantly, constantly, constantly. And it makes a difference, Lord. That's why advertisers spend billions of dollars every year in advertising. Because what you consume changes your thoughts and your mind and eventually your behavior. So God, I pray that you'll help parents get in, in control of that. Yes what their kids are viewing, what they're listening to, the messages that are being piped into them in their very homes, in their bedrooms, underneath their own noses. I pray, Lord, that kids that are at school struggling, that want to speak up, that want to tell the truth, that you'll give them a boldness. Help us to come around them as Young Women for America leaders so they can find their group, you know, find their power together. I pray that the Christian clubs in their schools will rise up and take a stand and will link arms and will support these kids who are caught in a situation that is so hard for them. Lord, I pray that as the adults that we will listen, that the kids that are struggling, the kids that are broken, the kids that are questioning their identity, that we will love them unconditionally and we will see their suffering, God, and as a church, that we will rise up to meet that, that we don't leave that to the left to satisfy, that instead as we come around those kids and we love them unconditionally. We love them first, the way Christ loved them. Christ died for them and that is our responsibility to love those children first and foremost. God, forgive us for the vacuum that we have left, that we have let others fill who do not wish them well. Forgive us for that, God. Lord, I just pray against the stronghold of abortion in our country. God, I pray against this, um, the fact that we've lost over 60 million babies since Roe v. Wade in 1973. God, forgive us as a country. Forgive us that in the Commonwealth of Virginia, we're allowing late-term abortion. We're allowing this liberalization of the policies. God, forgive us and forgive every legislator that has blood on their hands that agreed to that. And God, help us to rise up and to take back their jobs and to give it to someone who recognizes the intrinsic value of every single human life. And God, I pray that this moment won't pass as a nation. We recognize that what is before us on December 1st, we recognize that Attorney General Lynn Fitch is stepping forward to speak forth truth in front of the Supreme Court. And we are now stepping forward to care and speak for little babies who had no voice before. God help us as women to rise up 
to rise up and to be there and to link arms and be there and to support of these little ones. Care for the least of these, the most innocent. God, help us to step forward to tell our stories that the women who are listening now who have their own story, maybe they've never told anyone that they have an abortion that they regret. Give them the the ability to shake off that shame and to lay their sin at the foot of the cross and to take the forgiveness that you offer and then embolden them to go tell their stories, to be able to care for for other women and to help others not to fall for the lies of the left, Mm -hmm. the lies of Satan. God, help us to be bold defenders of life, to be bold defenders of truth. Raise up the Esters, I pray God, in this moment. We need them so desperately. Help each one of us to step forward and to lead in the way that you set before us. What you knew at the beginning of the time, when you knit us together in our mother's womb, you knew you had a job and a work for us to do. So help us to take that anointing and to move forward and do it. God, I thank you for everyone watching. Bless each one of them. God, they have their own cares. We don't know who they are, but they have burdens on their hearts. God, I pray that you will give them peace and give them resolution. Give them victory, I pray. In Jesus' holy, precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Um, So I mentioned in my prayer that on December 1st, we have the historic Dobbs versus Jackson Hole Women's Health in the Supreme Court. This is the moment we have been waiting for. I'm wearing uh, my Women for Amy (laughs) t-shirt because inside the court is gonna be a mother of seven listening to another woman, Lynn Fitch, who's the Attorney General of Mississippi, defending the fact that Mississippi, in conflict with Roe v. Wade, has passed a law that prohibits abortion after 15 weeks. Now, anybody that's had a baby knows 15 weeks gestation. I mean, at 15 weeks, that little baby has a heartbeat, she has all her major organs, she has eyes, nose, mouth, hands, feet, she has brain waves, and so there's no question this is a baby. And I can't wait for the day to come, but there's some work to be done. And that is, we're asking Deborah's army to rise up and join us. We're asking you, sisters and brothers, but particularly you sisters, I'm talking to you, because guess what? The left likes to say that there's a women's march, right? And that, that, the, the, that all women support abortion. And by the way, that's one of the reasons that CWA came into being, because Beverly LaHaye said, you don't represent me. And guess what? They still don't represent us. And here we are, 40 some years later, 43 years later, still standing strong and saying, you still don't represent us. And this is the moment we've been waiting for. There's been a lot of brokenness, a lot of broken hearts of women, broken families, generations that have ended, family legacies that have completely ended as a result. There have been the the wholesale loss of the the slaughter of, of babies, and that goes without saying, but there's a lot of brokenness around that. This is the time that we have asked for. Many of you have been to the March for Life, right? And this is what we have been marching for, a time to get in front of the Supreme Court and to be able to tell our story. And I am so grateful. I got to have um, lunch with Lynn Fitch, the AG from Mississippi, recently. And I promised her, I promised her 
that concerned women for America women and women across the country would come together and stand on December 1st on the steps of the Supreme Court and pray for her while she's inside. So we're going to be on the steps of the Supreme Court praying for the justices and praying for Lynn Fitch and to, for God to give her clarity. And I said, whatever's happening in there, just know that we are praying against confusion. We're praying against this, the forces of evil, that God's angel armies, if we could open our eyes, will be there. And so I just wanted to put the call out starting right now. This is my first announcement. We are going to bring buses from around the country, all within a, about a day's drive of the Washington, D.C. area, and we'd like you to join us. You can come to ConcernedWomen.org, and you can sign up in two ways. One, you can let us know you want to come, and you'd like to ride a bus or like be put in a carpool or something like that. Or the second thing is, we're looking for bus captains. Now, a bus captain has some responsibility. Your job, and it's not financial, we're going to pay you for it. We need you to fill up a bus, right? And we need to have confidence that you can do that. And if you can work together and we can work together, you get, we'll get a sign-up sheet. We'll bring people in. We'll bring you in. And you can be there for this historic moment, 12-1-21. Kind of reminds me of the marches of Dr. King, right? And when, remember when Dr. King stood on the, the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and said he had a dream. And it was so inspirational and so real. And people came from around the country. Civil rights writers that went from the North down to the South to be poll workers or came in, they called them freedom writers. We're calling these our life writers. And we would love for you to be one of our life writers. In fact, we'd love for you to get your whole church to come. I just had this like vision <laughs> of 10,000 women, Deborah's army rising up in this moment in a way in prayer, right? To peacefully pray and to show our support for Lynn Fitch, to stand with Attorney General Fitch so that the men and women, and they are very human men and women that sit on that Supreme Court. You know, it's a different day. Let me back up and say in 1973, it was all men, and they had no modern technology when it came to, to fetal development. There was no sonogram. They didn't, they didn't know. They were, very, they were flying completely blind. Today, we have 3D sonograms. We can see the intricate um, makeup of a baby very early. We know that that little heart is beating at six to eight weeks, so we can see so much. But this is our moment. So I'm calling on you to be our life writers, to join us in prayer. Come and sign up online, and we want you to join us. I want it to be in numbers too big to ignore that no more can the left say that women support abortion. Because we're going to be there in our blue shirts. Everybody wear blue. We're going to be in our blue shirts in support of life. And, um, and you know, the media won't be able to ignore us. The, the left won't be able to ignore us. We're going to be there peacefully. We'll have security. It's going to be loud because the other side's going to be loud, but we're going to be praying. And we're going to be in a posture of love and grace and, for, and repentance and supplication before the Lord. So anyway, November 2nd is election day. If you're going to vote in person, you can start now. I'm an in-person kind of voter, but not everybody can do that. If you've got to work or what are you going to do, but make sure you vote. It matters. Elections have consequences for life. Yeah.
Thanks for listening. Concerned Women Today is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, bringing you biblical perspective to today's most pressing issues. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. We pray this episode has been a blessing to you. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org.